0: Well, it's kind of funny this morning that Brother David referenced the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then that last verse talked about the day when the sky will roll back. And tonight, tying in just a little bit this morning with Noah, I want to bring uh, some thoughts tonight from Matthew chapter 24. And then as we have time, and I think we will, we're going to head on over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So we're going to start out with Matthew 24. When Jesus is talking about the second coming, about his second coming. And I think you said this morning, David, that Jesus is coming back. And we don't hear a whole lot about that. And there's no apparent reason for that. Um, Love to preach on it. And it's a fact that's happening. It's coming. I think we're seeing the clock hands winding down. We don't know, by the way, that's the big message tonight from Jesus. We don't know the day or the hour but we are to be ready. So in Matthew chapter 24, we read these words and start in verse number 36. Jesus says, but, but of that day and hour no one knows. So we do, not know, we do not know the day or hour that Jesus Christ is coming back. But we do know with certainty to fact That he is. And you know, it's probably good that we don't know the day or the hour because, one, it could lead to us being lazier than we are with kingdom work because we'd say, oh, well, he's coming back. But also, if we knew when he was coming, we might say, well, I can go ahead and sin just a little bit more then. I know it's crazy for Christians to think that way, but sometimes it happens. And so we can go and sin a little more because I've got time to repent because I know he's not coming back to a certain time. So, Jesus says, No one knows the day or the hour when he comes. Not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. This is one thing that is held to the Father. And one day, we don't know when, but one day the Father will turn to his Son and say, as the bridegroom, Son, go get your bride. Go get your bride. And he will come back and he will take away his church. Out of this world, Amen. And listen, it's good now. It gets better then. It's good now. It gets better then. Then he says these words that tie him with Noah. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming in the days coming before the Son of Man. So, so we know for a fact that it will be like the days of Noah. But what does that mean? Well, most certainly it means this. And this is something I hope you were able to get this morning, that as as Noah and his sons were building the ark, business went on as usual most certainly there was the heckling every day as life continued by just like they heckled jesus on the cross i am i think we can say with certainty that that noah was heckled in much the same same way um as he says they were they were giving in marriage they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day that noah entered the ark business as usual and think today how the world is it's the same way We live in a world today, and by the way, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's the church. It's the church. We kind of understand today because the world acts like the world. They don't give. You know about you know Jesus coming back. They go, huh? What is that? You know. I still remember the old thing back in the '60s and '70s when people write on the, excuse me, would write on the latrine stall, latrine stall. Jesus saves, and invariably somebody put what green stamps. Y'all do remember green stamps, don't you? Yeah, well, that was a standard latrine thing going on in the bathroom stalls. They'd write Jesus saves and what green stamps. You get that the world, but the church is so lackadaisical about the second coming of Jesus Christ. But he is coming Back. And most certainly also, also, certainly the author was speaking about, um, Jesus is speaking about the fact that as the days were in Noah, certainly the simpleness of the latter days. Um, over in Second uh, Timothy, uh, excuse me, yeah, Second Timothy chapter 3, it says this, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And, And this is so interesting, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. So certainly when Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, as you heard this morning, it was such a dark time in human history. Please keep in mind what I said this morning, man is not getting better. Man is not, we are degrading. There's a degradation of men. It's going downhill. And as the, as the clock winds down, it's going to get more and more and more evil, more sinful. But then life continues. Life continues. I've always been amazed when we get people sometimes who, who are so close to death. And Terry, you've seen this. You saw this down at the nursing home. People so close to death and still want nothing to do with God, do not want, want to hear about God at all. It's amazing to me how brazen people are and facing an eternity without God. So it was in the days of Noah, and so it is today. And the Bible says, verse 39. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will it be with the coming of the Son of Man. Church, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. You know, again, no one knows, please hear that, no one knows, not a prophet, not the son of a prophet. But certainly we're seeing signs of the times are everywhere in this culture. Like never, never before we are seeing that. Um, Somehow, when probably thinking about this message, I started singing a song. In fact, I think I started singing it in staff meeting. Uh, Even in staff meeting, I sometimes break into song. And I sang part of this song, and I did the math, and this was written by a guy named Larry Norman. Anybody remember Larry Norman? 1969. 1969. Now, I'm going to make you feel really old tonight if you're anywhere near my age. That was 48 years ago. Can you believe that? Even as I say those numbers, I can't believe it. Almost 50 years ago, 1969. The theology is probably not perfect, but for 69. And notice again, they were thinking about the second coming 48 years ago. Larry Norman, it was a contemporary rock Christian song of that day. Life was filled with guns and war and all of us got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. The children died and the days grew cold. A piece of bread could buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise and turns her head. He's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Two men walking up a hill, one disappears, and one's left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. The Father spoke, the demons dined. How could you have been so blind? There is no time to change your mind. The sun has come, and you've been left behind. There is no time to change your mind. The sun has come, and you've been left behind. And he tags with the end. I hope we'll all be ready. And that's what Jesus is saying, starting in verse number 40. He's saying, be ready. You may not know the day, you may not know the hour, but listen, live as a prepared people. Live, take this to heart tonight. Live as a prepared people. If you're here tonight and you're married, one of you, spouse or husband, know this. You know, you'll be getting ready to go somewhere, okay? And someone will say, okay, I'm ready. And the next thing you know, they're not ready. And so you sit down and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And, you wait and finally they come in and I say, Are you ready? Whoops, I mean say someone says, Are you ready? And we say. <laughs> and we say, and we say, Yes, you finally are, okay? Well, we are to live as a prepared people. Whenever that moment comes, when your spouse says they're ready, be ready. Verse 40 then two men like like Larry Norman wrote about two men will be in the field one will be taken and the other left two women will be grinding at the mill one will be taken and the other left and the difference by the way why is one taken and one is not one was prepared and one was not one one was a believer in Christ and one was not to put it very in plain open terms the reason one's taken and one's left is because one had experienced God's grace and one had not. One walking up a hill had prepared, one had not. One uh, grinding at the mill had prepared and the other had not. So he says in verse 42, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Watch therefore. The idea, the context is that of the, Watchmen on the wall that's the context that jesus has in mind here and the, there are two kind of watchmen on the wall there's the passive watchman and there's the active watchman there's a passive watchman and active watchman there there's a guy there you know there are i know it's you know you're not supposed to do this but but when you get on on watch anybody been on watch duty before uh yeah hello you guys know how you get in your nothing box You know, unless you're walking with a gun, you know, we had to sit in chairs and kind of guard the door kind of thing. And you could get in your nothing box and you may be on guard duty, but you're like 10 miles away in your brain. Okay, that's passive watching. And listen, the church is doing too much passive watching. It is time for us to be active watchers. And that means aggressively looking, aggressively expecting, aggressively waiting. Titus 3.9 says this. This is something we do today. We got to be careful of. But avoid foolish debates. We want to debate the craziest things. But avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law. For they are unprofitable and worthless. There's a time for disputes and debates. But folks, when the house is burning down, may not be the time. An old song that the Gaithers used to sing about, about a house on fire and the person stopping on his way out the door to straighten a picture on the wall. Listen, if these are in fact latter... Hey, it doesn't matter latter days or not. The truth is people are dying and going to hell and we have got to be aggressive with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 It, Ephesians 5.16 puts it this way. Pay careful attention. Pay careful attention then To how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. So Jesus said, watch, therefore, be aggressive, not passive, in your watching, for you don't know when the Lord Jesus is coming. Verse 43, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief had come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Is that not true? Is that not true? If you knew tonight, uh, Jim, where, where's Jim? I saw Jim Patterson earlier. Where is he at? Jim, where are you at? Did I dream that? There he is back there. You're in a different place. But I, I walked by, and that's why you popped in my brain. So, so if you knew tonight that someone was going to break into your house at 2 o'clock in the morning, would you be ready for them? You wouldn't be ready for them. I would. Let me tell you what. I got a gun. I got a gun. I I I get my gun out. All right. But all right. Most people, if they knew they we're going to be broken into, would be ready. I knew not to pick on Jim. I tell you what. You know, they would be ready. Then they would be ready and not allow the house to be broken into. So the same way we should be ready when Jesus Christ comes, like a man who knew. The, the, this house would be broken into. We are to be that ready. Can I ask you a question? If you knew, well, I'll ask you two questions. If you knew you were going to die in one week, how differently would you live your life? If you knew you had seven days to live, how differently would you live your life? That's possible. Terry, interesting we had that conversation back there? Not even thinking about that. Terry, Masher? Yeah, Terry was sharing with me. He goes, Man, I tell you what, he's had like three or four friends very recently all die. None of them really, real old. Not really. I mean, you know, not really. So four friends die. And here's what I said, not even thinking about this. I said, Terry, does that make you a little bit apprehensive? You know, I said, The truth is, I said, You've got every right to expect to live to be 80, 85 years old. You've got pretty good genes. The truth is, I said, Terry, this is weird. I said this. You can die tomorrow. I have every right. I'm the healthiest brother of the ones left by far. But I could die tomorrow. Do you understand that you could die tomorrow? And we are to live in such a way that we're ready when that time comes. We're to be ready when that time comes. While looking, I know the Jim Elliot quote pretty well. I get real close. He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. But in searching for the exact quote this week, this morning, I I came upon this one. And it is so good. You may want to write this down. Now, Jim Elliott, I didn't explain who Jim Elliott was. He's a young missionary, a martyr who died in Ecuador in 1956, age 26, 27, 28 years old. Him and, and four other men were martyred in Ecuador by some Indians there. And he's once said that. But here's what he said. Listen to this. When it comes time to die, make sure all you have to do is die. Is that not rich? Let me read it again. When it comes time time to die, make sure all you have to do is die. In other words, everything you want to get done before then, make sure it's done. Every relationship healed, make sure it's healed. Every confession that's been confessed, make sure it's confessed. When it comes time to die, make sure all you've got to do is die. The watchman should live that way. We should live. The second question was this. If you knew Jesus was coming back in seven days, how would you change your life? How would it change your priorities? How would it change what you do? Watch, therefore. He says in verse 44, Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Jesus is coming back. We should live as a prepared people. And then, again, not really with Larry in mind, knew what tonight was about, knew what I was going to sing, why I was going to sing it, but really, as I, as I sang that song and remembered Larry, this became more alive. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, the, the setup is the church of Thessalonica was a young church, and they didn't really understand what was going to happen to their loved ones. You know, I think, I think probably the, the third church of Thessalonica, they were kind of a young church, and they had it in their mind that to be alive when Jesus came back was like, wow, and the ones who died are going to miss out on that. And... And, you know, so they ask, you know, what happens to them? What happens to them? Well, here's what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. In other words, this is a revelation that he received from Jesus Christ. That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are alive. Who are asleep? In other words, when the rapture of the church occurs, when when the bridegroom comes back for the bride, when the rapture occurs, we who are alive will not precede those who died in Christ. In verse number sixteen, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. And with the trumpet of God. And I love what the commentary said. They're not sure if that's three different sounds or how that plays out. But they said this. Mark it down. For those who hear, it's going to be a noisy affair. For those who hear, it's going to be a noisy affair. There's some debate whether the lost world will hear this going on or will it be just the church. But for those who hear, it's going to be a noisy affair. There will be a shout, the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God, and The dead in Christ will rise first. The Bible says that Jesus brings back with him the souls. That's in verse 13 14. They bring the souls with them. And then those resurrected bodies are brought up out of the grave. And those two are united together. And the souls of those who have died and gone to be with Jesus are united with their brand new resurrected bodies. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then 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 if we happen to be alive, and there's a chance. Listen, have I said this? There's nothing on God's calendar that has to happen before the rapture. The calendar's clear. There's nothing in the the Bible that precludes the second coming or the rapture of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's ready to come. Then, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, and that's the word rapture, okay, it's not really in the Bible, but it means caught up. Rapture means caught up. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the dead in Christ, the the bodies are resurrected and united with the soul and spirit. Then those of us are simply taken up into the air. And as we move, our bodies are transformed into our glorified bodies. And we meet together in the air and we shall always, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Eternity begins. And all this stuff is in the past. Hang in there, folks. It's going to get better. All this stuff is in. The That's why. Are you listening, Dwayne? I'm listening. All this stuff that we worry-ward about, don't worry-ward about it because it's going to leave behind. Whether you go by death and then this happens or whether you're alive when it happens, it isn't forever. You know, the eternity begins. You know, you, do you all remember back when we used to have bulletins that had order of worship? You know, you're you're counting down 38 minutes to Kentucky Fried Chicken, 34 minutes to Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, you remember those days? Well, here's an order of service for you. Here's the order of service for that day. The Lord himself will come down. Number two, there will be a lot of noise. Number three, the dead believers will rise first. Number four, Christians who are still alive on earth will rise next. Number five, everyone meets together with Christ in the air. Number six, eternity begins. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, come Lord Jesus. He is coming back. And then in in verse number one of chapter five, he says these words. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need... I should write to you. You should know, he says. You should know. But see, the problem is we get so we don't get so heavenly minded we're no earthly good. We're so earthly minded we're no heavenly good. Now see, let us let Lewis put it this way. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. Can I say it again? It is since Christians have largely ceased to think about the other world that they have become largely ineffective in this world. Well spoken, Dr. Lewis. Well spoken. Well spoken. So, concerning the time season, you should know about this. Verse 2. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Because Jesus had taught us that. You understand he's coming? You understand nothing's holding him back? You understand those of you who are so wrapped up You know, and worried about the affairs of this world that it could be over like that. He is coming back. And then he says verse 3, but those when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. It will happen like that. I remember when Judy was expecting Jennifer, and we were new in the pastorate. I was still in the Air Force and we were doing the pastor thing too. And um, that church that said we'll teach you to be a pastor. Well, one lady said, we have these meetings every month, the association or the annual meeting, and you have to go. I said, okay, that's what we'll do. And so she was like nine months pregnant, you know. And so we get, and the, um, can I tell the whole story from the pulpit or is that, are you sure? They would really like it. They would like it. If I cross a line tonight, would you be understanding, okay. All right, so we're sitting there. Well, actually, we're laying there. We got home from the meeting, you know, went all night, you know, everything's cool, no warning signs, no nothing, you know. And we're laying there in bed, you know, and we're fixing to go to sleep. And Judy goes, I, I think my water's just broke. I said, You probably just wet the bed. <laughs> It didn't go very well from there. <laughs> yes, her water had broke. And yes, Jennifer was born early the next morning. Uh, she went into labor. But so suddenly, just hours before, we are at the annual meeting. Just like that. And that's when Jesus is coming back. Just like that. Be prepared. Be on alert. And he goes on and says this to be sober. Look, look at verse 4. But you, brethren, you're not in the darkness, so that this day should not oh, should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light. And sons of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let's not sleep as others do, but let's watch and be sober. Let's be alert. Let's be serious-minded about the things of the kingdom. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk and drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be serious-minded. How do you do that? What does that mean? He says, putting on the breastplate of faith. Now, let's go one more time real quick. The breastplate covers your chest. And what's in your chest? And vital organs. And primary is your heart. What well, does Proverbs 4.23 say? Guard your heart because out of it comes the issues of life. So as, as culture gets more and more evil and as, as Satan is backed into his corner more and more and he gets more fierce, it's important we guard our heart. We guard our heart. But not only do we guard our heart, we guard our mind. We guard our mind. Look what he says here. You know, put on the breastplate of faith and love, of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So Paul says in these latter days, in these latter days, we're to guard our heart and guard our mind. Guard our heart and guard our mind. This is a breeding ground for Satan if we don't guard it. You know, one of the things that really God just showed me in 1 John chapter 1, where we studied recently on Wednesday night, and, and we read these words. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And I've made a part of my prayer. my mind, telling you, God, keep my mind in the light today. If my mind starts going dark, bring me back to the light. Bring me back to the light. Be a people of the light. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Verse 9 to 11. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Say, say amen about that. God did not appoint us to wrath. You know, this, these small words are a big reason you know, why I do not believe the believers are going to go through the tribulation. You know, there's great debate about that. You know, the tribulation is all about wrath and judgment. Wrath and judgment. And clearly, you know, Noah did not go through wrath, you know, experience wrath because of the ark, and I do not believe we'll experience God's wrath because of Jesus Christ, the spiritual ark. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, uh, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort one another and edify one another. So I comfort you tonight, Ms. Linda. And I comfort you tonight, Miss Kathy, I comfort you with the knowledge and the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the King on the crouch. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Well, God, thank you that, Jesus, you are coming back. You are. And help us to live that way. Help us to live that way. Help us to have the mindset, the thought pattern, and the actions of a people that are going to heaven. May we live with our luggage packed, our hand on the doorknob, the shoes on our feet, ready to walk out the door. May we be not passive, but active as we live in this life. And Jesus, we want to declare tonight, we believe you are coming back. We may not know the day. We may not know the hour, but we know you are coming back. And I want to pray right now, just like my friend Larry was prepared. By God's grace, he was prepared. I want to ask tonight that every person here would be ready, whether by death or by rapture, to see you. And that comes by experiencing your grace and turning from our sin. So I pray every person has made that great decision to follow Jesus. So we commit this time to you, our time of decision. Use it for your honor and for your glory. And Jesus, I pray this.